0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Nehemiah is a dynamite of a book. I love the book of Nehemiah. If you've been here long at all, you've heard me talk, especially about the first eight chapters of the book of Nehemiah and I want to talk to you a little bit about them tonight primarily out of chapter number 6 look with me in chapter number 6 now I'll let you remain um, uh, seated while I read tonight and uh, I'll give you a little thought here the Bible said in chapter number 6 of Nehemiah now it came to pass when Samballad and Tobiah and Gershom the Arabian uh, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall uh, and that there was no breach left therein uh, though at the Time I had not set up the doors upon the gates that Samballot and Gershon sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, now listen to this, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease, whilst I leave it and come down to you?' Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them uh, after the same manner. Then sent Samballot his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time uh, with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, uh, It is reported among the heathen... And uh, it is reported among the heathen heathen, and Goshma saith that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, uh, that thou mayest be their king according uh, to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee to Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. And now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto them, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou findest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hand shall be weakened from the work that it be not done." "'Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands.'" Afterward, I came unto the house of Shemiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mahitabel, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God which uh, within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, uh, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And he says in verse number 11, And I said, Should such a man as I flee... And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceive that God had not sent him, but that he had pronounced this prophecy against me for Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin and that there might have... And, and that they might have matter for evil report that they might reproach me. My God, think upon Tobiah and Sambalad according to these, their words, and on, and on the prophets, Nodiah, and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. Verse 15 says this, so the wall was finished, in the 20-a-month day of the month of Elu in 50 and 2 days. In 50 and 2 days. Father, you've, um, Lord, placed these thoughts on my heart. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight. Lord, as we look at them, I pray that we'd get some understanding from it, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me to relate to the people, God, the things that you put in my heart. Now, I'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, just real briefly to bring you up to speed in the book of Nehemiah. Whenever we come to the beginning of Nehemiah, the walls of Jerusalem uh, have been torn down. The walls of Jerusalem uh, have been torn down. And whenever you study uh, the walls of Jerusalem out, you'll find that if you connected it all together, the wall was approximately two and a half miles long. It was 39 feet high and it was 8 feet thick. Um, It covered approximately Possibly 960 acres of land. So when we think about the walls of Jerusalem, this, this was not just some little bitty wall that the, the um, people of Jerusalem was building back. It was not just some 8-foot um, uh, tall wall that was going to span a little bit of area, but this is a huge work uh, that God has for Nehemiah to do here in the book of Nehemiah. Again, the wall is eight foot thick. Matter of fact, some writers said that they would ride chariots around this wall of Jerusalem. And it was amazing how big this wall was and what all that it covered. Nehemiah finds out in chapter number one that these walls have been broken down. And God assigns Nehemiah the task of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Now, you that knows your Bible knows that Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah was not a preacher. Uh, um, if I could say it this way, he was not a deacon. Uh, uh, Nehemiah was not a Sunday school teacher. Nehemiah was just a layman. Uh, if you want to look at it that way, he was somebody that was just fabled to the house of God. Uh, um, if we can preach it in our day and was ready to serve the Lord in whatever God had for him to do. So God assigns Nehemiah this great big task uh, of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. If you want to summarize the first eight chapters of the book of Nehemiah, you can summarize it this way. There was a weeping because of the condition of their country. There was weeping because the walls of Jerusalem has been torn down. Nehemiah sits and he weeps and he mourns and he fasts and he prays before the God of heaven in chapter number one. You can say this, there's not only weeping but in chapters Number three, four, five, six, and seven, uh, um, there is working going on. There is working going on. And can I say this? If we're ever going to do a great work for God, uh, it will be birthed out of anguish. Can I say that? It will be birthed. You said, Preacher, what are you saying? It will be birthed from us weeping before God, asking God uh, to allow us to do something for him. There's weeping. There's working. But we can also say this in these first few chapters. There is warring going on. You said, Preacher, what do you mean? Man, they're at war. They're at war. Whenever you study this out, you'll find out that the enemy, and I'm going to say a lot more about this in just a minute, but the enemy rises up against them, and they just didn't cower down. Uh, um, they didn't turn their back and run from the enemy but no they stood up to the enemy a matter of fact as they was building the wall uh, they would build with a trowel in one hand in other words if you want to look at it this way they was putting mortar down with one hand to lay what we would know as block or brick today or rock uh, and they had a sword in the other hand and when the enemy come up against them they was ready to go to war because the work that they was doing uh, was a work that God had for them to do. When you get to chapter number 8, you'll find out, though, after the weeping, after the working, and after the warring, uh, there was a lot of worshiping went on. In chapter number 8, they began to magnify God. They began to praise God. They began to lift the name of God up for what God had done. And can I say this to you today? That is the order a lot of times that things will happen in our life. They'll be weeping, they'll be working, they'll be warring, uh, and they will be worshiping. Tonight, as we have began preparing, and at the end of the service, I'll I'll bring a rough drawing that we have now and let you look at that, but as we began praying and diligently praying and seeking the face of God and moving forward with building a new sanctuary, I want us to understand that there is a great work that God has for us to do. There's a great work that God has for us to do. There's a lot of churches today that, and I don't mean this derogatory, God knows my heart, don't, but they're just setting dormant today. Um, uh, They're not growing. Uh, They're just setting dormant. And I want to say something. I'm not interested in setting dormant. Amen. I'm interested in growing, but to grow, there will be work. And uh, I want you to understand something. As we continue moving forward, uh, there's going to be some times that the devil is going to try to break war out in our church. He's going to try to break war out in our church. I don't have no sad stories. The Lord's been really good to me. Can I get an amen right there? But I will say this to you, man, the past month, it seems that the devil uh, uh, has stuck his head up more and tried his best to cause a ruckus more than he has in the past 10 or 12 years. You say, preacher, what is that? That is the devil not excited about what God's doing, amen amazing grace in the past 4 weeks we've had over 40 first time visitors at our church and a lot of those have returned to more services and the devil is not excited about that. The devil hates that. Hey, you know, let me tell you what the devil wants to happen around here? The devil wants our church to get into a racket and our church to split and the devil wants to ride Incubob over the doors of our church and close the doors of it. That's what the devil is interested in. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And the Bible said this, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, amen? So as we begin moving forward, I think there's some things that we can take to note out of these chapters tonight and maybe put in our memory bank as we move forward in this coming year. I want you to see this, number one, tonight, I want you to see a very discreet enemy he was very conniving. Sam Ballad and Tobias and Gerson, they was very conniving and discreet at the way that they went about this. You know what, if somebody came in here tonight and they jumped up on top of one of our pews and then they stood up on the back of it and they screamed out, I'm going to destroy this church. You know what we would do? Well, I would hope that somebody besides me would grab them and escort them out of our church very rapidly. But you know what happens? The devil sends uh, those uh, uh, those little foxes in that destroys the vine. He, he He begins to work. I've said this many times. No church ever crumbles from without. No church ever splits from without. No no organization ever splits from without. It always splits from within. And if our church goes through a major church split, it's going to come from within. It's not going to come from somebody without. It's going to come from within. So you know what? And I'm not going to take time and, and read through all of this, but in chapter number four, Sam Ballad and Gershon and Tobiah, had, they've come up against them, and, and they said, you know what? If a fox runs across this wall, it'll fall down. They're making fun of the work that God is using His people to do, and look, look. Uh, you don't have to go with me, but in verse number ten of chapter number four, and Judah said, "The strength of the barriers of the burdens um, is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able, uh, so that we are not able uh, to build the wall." Well, you know who Judah is. Judah is somebody within Jerusalem. That is. That's not Sambalit Gershon, and Tobiah. Now Sambalit, hey, they was it was a very discreet enemy. They just didn't come in and scream, hey, we're going to destroy everything. No, they came in. Uh, and that's the way the devil works tonight. They came in and began to one by one pick off, uh, uh, can I say it this way, those, those weak sheep, they began to pick those off. Whenever you... Come into chapter number six, and they're still talking to him. You know what he does? He says, Well, just come on and let's meet down in one of the plains of Oh No. And you better learn how to say no to Oh No. He said, Let's just come down there and meet for a little while. Let's just talk about this. You know what he says? said, No, no, we're not going to do that. And then they say, Well, why don't we go over? Why don't we go over to the house of God? Let's just go have a meeting over there at the house of God and we'll shut the doors in case anybody... They use somebody else. We'll shut the doors in case anybody comes in against you. And you know what? Nehemiah had a close enough walk with God that Nehemiah understood uh, that this was the enemy. I want to say something to you tonight. I want to say something to you tonight. If somebody pulls you to the side and takes you to Ono, says, hey, come here man. I, I want to talk to you about the preacher. I, I, just, I just don't know some of the things that he's doing right now is what we need. You better learn to say no to that plane of oh no. You better learn how to distinguish uh, this discreet enemy. You better learn how to distinguish that. And, 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 and this work that they're doing, man, it's a great work. But there is an enemy that rises up against them. Rises up... There's not only a discreet enemy, but there's a dirty deed. You said, Preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. You know what they end up doing? They can't get him the first time, so they send a letter back to him four times and then a fifth time. They continually send that back. They continually send that back. Look what the Bible said, then Simba- send ballot. Simba- he has unto me in like manner the fifth time uh, with an open letter in his hand. An open letter. Um, whenever you get a letter in the mail, it's sealed. This is an open letter because they're doing their best to destroy them you know what he ends up saying he ends up and I, I, I'm not quoting this verbatim I'm really trying to put it where we can understand it he says this it's been reported that you're preaching a false gospel and that you're trying to set up a, 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 a false quote unquote church right here is what he's saying to them and you don't need to do that and you know what he says to them you, you found all of that out in your own heart That's not what I'm doing. You found all of that out in your own heart. They was a dirty deed. They ended up turning part of the people of Jerusalem against him. That's what the enemy does. That's what the enemy does tonight. And as we move forward, church, we better put our guard up and realize that the enemy, I'm not trying to scare nobody or God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. But we better remember there is an enemy tonight. There is an enemy. He walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he made a virus. I've got a, a book, and it is called um, 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 Wolves in the Church by Hanley Milby. I think it's who wrote that, wasn't it, Daddy? He talks about those, it, it would do good for everybody. I think it would do good for everybody to read it. You'll start looking at people a different way, though, in church after you read it. But he talks about identifying wolves in the church. And, And I want to say something to you. The devil in time will raise up wolves in the church. You know what that wolf will do? That wolf will go after that person that is a young sheep. Then it's a baby sheep. Here several years ago, it's been I'm, I'm, probably 10, 12, 13 years ago, we had a few wolves come through the church. And you know what? I sat back and I began to watch them and I told my wife, I said, they're going after the babies in our church. You know what they ended up doing? They ended up taking several of those babies uh, and they're nowhere to be found around the church anywhere now. You tell you what happened? There was an enemy that rose its head up. You learn to identify the enemy. You identify the enemy. If they're against the preacher, if if they're against the church growing, If they're against the house of God, if uh, you know what, I I, I tell our young people this all the time. If they pull you further away from God than closer to God, then you don't need to be around them. It don't matter if you go to church with them Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If you go out to eat with them and they pull you further away from God than closer to God, it's time to break fellowship. Matter of fact, Romans talks about marking them and having nothing to do with them. There was a discreet enemy. They're very conniving. And the devil will get in your mind. He'll use wolves to get in your mind. I see this. I see a discreet enemy. I see a dirty deed. But I want you to see something else here tonight. I see a desperate cry. I see a desperate cry. Look what the Bible said in verse number 9 of chapter number 6. For... They all made us afraid, saying their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. You know what a lot of people in the world will say, and you know what, um, I, there's been some and, and again I, I, I God knows my, I don't have hard feelings towards nobody tonight. God knows my heart about that. I have a clear conscience towards every man tonight. I can stand now. Everybody might not have a clear conscience towards me, but I can honestly stand and say today, I don't I don't begrudge nobody. I honestly, I don't I don't mean that braggadocious. I'm being as honest as I can be tonight. But I want to tell you something tonight. Um, um, there is a group that will say the church will never prosper without me. There's some, no doubt, that's left, and they're sitting back just waiting on amazing grace to fall flat of its face. And, and I don't mean this, I don't mean this derogatory. I'm just giving you my heart tonight. You know what? If I walk out of here tonight, as long as you keep God the center of this thing, it will continue to go. And if you walk out of here tonight, you know what's going to happen? God's going to continue to bless the church. I don't want to jump off the train when it's headed to a great destination, man. Amen. And can I say something? Um, We've loaded the wagon with coal, uh, and we've pulled the whistle down, and the freight train's moving on with or without them. We're going to do a work for God. There is a discreet enemy. There's a dirty deed, but watch this. There's those people that made Nehemiah afraid. Uh, He got upset over it, but watch what he does. Now, therefore, in the latter portion of verse number 9, Now, therefore, oh God, strengthen my hand. There is a desperate cry. He says, Lord, I'm at a place where I cannot keep going without you. And there will be, hear me and hear me well, there will be times of discouragement, There'll be times and 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 I was talking to my good buddy David Williams today and and uh, man he's he has been through the battle over the past week and a half, two weeks and and we was talking about some of that and I told him I said man we just got to get a hold of God and that's what we've been doing over about the past week together praying and boy I'm telling you I stand amazed at how God worked out a situation for him it would just it blowed my mind let me tell you the reason why. Because there was a desperate plea. There was a desperate cry. And when the enemy rages against you and and when the enemy tries to bring you down and when the enemy says don't go to church and the enemy says reading our Bible is not important and the enemy says we don't need to pray, boy, how much more in those times. We need to make a desperate plea out to God. Oh, God, strengthen my hands. Oh, God, strengthen my hands. There was a desperate cry tonight. And can I say something to you? As a matter of fact, if you'll go back and, and, and read in Nehemiah in the beginning of it, he, he prays and asked the Lord, He said, Would you let your ear now be attentive to the cry that thy servant makes unto thee? Matter of fact, it's very interesting to read these first seven chapters or six chapters and see how many times Nehemiah is crying out to God. He begins crying out to God and they're almost to finish the work right here. And just a few verses down, they're going to finish this work. And you know what he continues doing throughout his whole wall-building career? Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I've got to have you. God, you're doing a great work right now, but God, we can't continue to do it without you. God, the enemy's raging, but God, we've got to have you right now. And hear me tonight, church. We better continue a desperate cry. We've got to have the Lord's help. We've got to have his touch. We can't... Hey, we may can do it without everything else but there's one thing that we cannot do without and that is the hand of God and the touch of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that we've got to have him. We've got to have him. May we not sit back and see as our church has began growing so much over the past year. We can't sit back and go, well, look what's going on. No, that much more we need to get back in our secret place and say, God, I've got to have you. There was a desperate cry. There was this, and I'm right now done. There was a discreet enemy. There was a dirty deed. There was a desperate cry. Brother Gavin, will you go tell Miss Tanya I need her to come play in the invitation. There was a dedicated servant in the closing. There was a dedicated servant in the closing. Look what the Bible said. He said, Oh God, strengthen my hands. Look in verse number 10. Afterward, I came into the house of Shemiah the son of Delilah, the son of Mahitabel, who was shut up, and he said, let us meet together in the house of God where, uh, within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay the yea, and the night, will they come to slay They Look in verse number 11. If you write in your Bible, if you underline in your Bible, if you highlight in your Bible, underline this. And I said, should such a man as I flee? Should such a... You know what Nehemiah is saying? Should I just walk away from this? There's a lot of people that is walking away today. Should I just walk away from this? Should I just throw in the towel? Should I just say, I'm done? Should such a man as I flee? No, there was a dedicated servant. He said, I'm not going nowhere. I've, I've thrown the anchor out and I've tied the rope and I've got a safety chain attached to it and a cable attached to it and I ain't going nowhere. He said, I'm not leaving. So I'm not turning around. I'm not throwing in the towel. God's been too good to me. God's blessed me too much. God's brought me too far. God's hand has been on me too many times. I will not forsake the work that God put me into. There was a dedicated servant. I want to say something to us tonight. We're going to have to get a truckload of dedication. I'm not leaving. I'm not going. God placed me here. I'm going to finish what God gave me to do. Look what he said in verse 15. So the wall was finished in 20, in, in the 20 and 5th day of the month of Elu. Watch this in 52 days. 920 acres covered, 39 feet high, 8 feet wide. 52 days. 52 days. Think about that. 52 days. You said, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. Somebody was dedicated. Somebody said, no. Hey, look, this is a good work. This is a good work. What did he say? Should such a man as I flee? He goes. Go back to verse three of chapter six. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, "I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I come down and leave it? Why, why, why should I let the work just fall aside? I, I don't. I, I want to be. I don't want to be rude in what I'm saying, but I hope you don't take it that way. It really, don't matter what the world saying. Really no not matter what they're saying out there. God put us here for a reason. God has got each and every person that's at this church, not only tonight, but it's at this church faithful. He's got us here for a reason. You say, preacher, I'm not a deacon. I'm, I'm not a preacher out of the church. I, I, I don't sing in the choir, and, 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 and I don't hold a position. Yes, you do. That position is called faithfulness. I've said this a million times let me make it a million and one the greatest thing you'll ever do for your pastor is be faithful that is the greatest thing you'll ever do for your pastor is just be faithful just be faithful man just be faithful there was a dedicated servant he said man I'm not quitting I remember I remember years ago my dad looked at me and said this he said son Quitters are a dime a dozen. It said anybody can quit. It takes absolutely zero effort to quit. Let me tell you something anybody can quit tonight church. Anybody can go set at the house. but God has enlisted us in a great work. It's just didn't any work. I remember when I surrendered to preach, my pastor, which was my dad, looked at me and here's what he said. He said to become the president of the United States of America, you would take a step down from what God's called you to do. He said preaching is the greatest calling that God could put on a man. And I'm going to tell you something. We're in a great work. And I want you to hear me tonight. The preacher can't do it without you. I can't do it without you. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. God has so, in the past six to eight months, it has absolutely blown my mind how God has been lining everything up for where we're at right now. For where we're at right now. There were some things that, that, boy, I had a bunch of questions about different things. So uh, technology, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm thankful for technology tonight. If you'll use it the right way, it'll help you. So you know what I'd have done? i done, I created a Google document and I shared it with people in our church that has wisdom and knowledge about building and different things. So I went in there and I, I made out a list of things and they have went in there and added things. We need to add this and we need to question this and we need to question this and we need to question this. And you know what, I, I'm going to use one for an, uh, an instance tonight. Brother Lloyd Johnson works out of town. He he stays out of town the biggest part of the time during the week. He's here on Sunday mornings, and then he's in bed early on Sunday evenings because he usually leaves out about 4 or 5 o'clock on Monday mornings. But you know what? Over the past several days, there's been I don't know how much time that we've spent together in technology messaging back and forth about different things let me tell you the reason why god's lining everything up in the work that he wants done he just i mean Lloyd's just over he's just a project manager on an 80 million dollar commercial building right now that he's building he's lining everything up he's lining everything up i started having drive-in church and this old blue duramax started coming in at drive-in church and I got to talking to him, And, well, what do you know? That man that owns one of the biggest plumbing companies around here, and now he's a member of our church. And you said, Preacher, what are you saying? And here's what I'm saying. God's putting everything in line like he wants it to be. And God's, God's lining everything up the way he wants it. And you know what I want to do? I want to say, God, here I am. Lord, strengthen me during these days. Lord, strengthen our church. Church, he's got us in a great work. Let's be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. There was a servant right here in Nehemiah. He said, man, I'm not quitting. He was dedicated. He said, I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not walking away from this. My life's verse is Galatians 6 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. I wonder how many times, and you've heard me say this before, I wonder how many times due season was just through the next door and we quit. I wonder how many times due season, if we faint not, it was through the next door, it was at the next service. I wonder how many times due season was at that service we allowed the enemy to keep us at home. Dedicated servant, man. Let's be dedicated tonight. Let's find our place on this wall. Let's find our place. You say, Preacher, I, I can't drive a an nail. And you know me if you've been here any time at all. We're gonna do everything we can do ourselves to save as much money as we can save. You said, preacher, I, I can't drive a nail. Can you pray? Say, Preacher, I don't know much about building. I'm a lady. Can you cook a meal? Can you bring a bottle of water and some snacks to some men working sometime? You know what we done? When we decided to build that Sunday school wing, we prayed about it, and God give us peace about it. And we pulled in on a Friday morning at daylight, and there was a cement slab there, and Saturday at lunchtime it was under roof. You know what it took? It took everybody. The ladies in the church brought meals. And, and, and this one prayed. And, and, and the little boys run around outside and throw dirt clots at each other. But you know what they'll never forget? A group that come together that loved Jesus and just decided to be dedicated servants and do whatever they could do. The enemy will rise. He will come against us. But when we're bound together with God on our side, the enemy can't stop us. He may try, but he cannot successfully stop us unless we allow him to.